Welcome to the Economic Update with Dr. Kirk Elliott. My name is Sean Morgan. I'm a host over at AMP News on the Sean Morgan Report. And Kirk, you sent me an article about the Bank of International Settlements Blueprint. And this is a paper where they talk about tokenization, a unified ledger. Um, and I just saw in the news today the central bank chief over in the EU, I believe uh, Christine Lagarde, said, don't worry, you know, we're not going to be big brother with this. So, so can you can you give us the real deal? Well, yeah, I would say that she's lying about it. Is pretty much. I mean, it's it's the whole it's the whole framework of what they're what they're putting together. So last week, I mean, we'll we'll take one little quick step back before we get to this BIS thing. But last week, when the World Economic Forum met um, in China, they they were talking, they were bragging about programmable money. Okay, so so this is what central bank digital currency is all about. This goes way back to, to last year. The first you know reference of it, Dr. Pippa Malmgren at the at the World Government Forum in Abu Dhabi said, with programmable money, it's tied to your digital social profile, your social credit score, your ESGs, so we can cut you off from buying or selling if we don't like you. I mean, so now look at this. If you go to bis.org, um and you and you what'll come up is you know the Bank of International Settlements website and just just go you know search for blueprint for the future monetary system and and this report comes up that they just published which is called the blueprint for the future monetary system improving the old enabling the new um so here's where when you have tokenization what is tokenization right so it's basically the BIS in this article explains it as a process that is described as recording claims on a financial or, or real assets that exist on a traditional ledger on a programmable platform. Okay. So, so really to me, tokenization means taking all your assets, your, your real estate, your, your stocks, your bonds, your mutual funds, your cash, whatever. Um, and you package it up into this token. So view that as like in the Bitcoin world, in a, in a decentralized platform, it's non-programmable and immutable, meaning you can't change any of the ownership. You can't change anything about it. In fact, it's the ultimate in privacy, right? So, but on a centralized platform, which is why I think that Christina Lagarde is, is lying about this, is the opposite is true. They, when you own that source code, right, you know where the funds are coming from, what they're being used for, and who owns that tokenization process, right? So, so in this system, they can actually, with programmable entries on this unified ledger that they're putting together, meaning that your ownership of assets can be revoked or altered at any time, according to the social engineering desires of, of the globalist. So let's say, Sean, that you you spoke out against uh, gun control or you spoke out against child sex trafficking or you spoke out against carbon footprint or something like that. I'll say, what? Sean guy, he's whack. Uh, let's cut him off from buying or selling, right? Because at this point, when you go into this system, you give up your ownership to them if they can reprogram it for whatever reason they want. I mean, that's the, that's the end result. Right, so it's like it well, sounds kind of wacky. It sounds like, oh no, this is just scaremongering. But they've already deplatformed me from Venmo and PayPal. 
And so if they're willing to do that through their you know, private company influences, then what would stop them once they have the ability to do it with controlling the source code of the, the money system? Well, yeah, because this isn't a decentralized distributed ledger with no centrally controlled authority like like most blockchain like Bitcoin. Right. Um, this is the absolute opposite. So, you know, they've been said in the past, it's like, OK, you'll eat dog food and you like it. Right. You'll own nothing in this case, just in case you're curious about that. Right. So so here's where how do you protect yourself from that? Well, you protect yourself by, by having to get out of that system, right? Because gentlemen at the World Economic Forum, I don't know his name. He was an older, older guy with gray hair speaking last week in China, was bragging about programmable money. You know, this is all on the World Economic Forum website. You can watch the videos. And he, he basically gave one drawback of, of CBDC programmable money and all kinds of pros. Well, the drawback was this, and I had to laugh just a little bit. He said, you know, CBDC and this technology put in the hands of the wrong people could be dangerous. It's like, oh my word, you are the wrong people, right? It's like, you're, you're the yeah, one you're talking about. Central bankers are just everyone's favorite people. Oh my word. So they're the wrong people. But what was he bragging about, right? This is what shows their ideology. They said, imagine with programmable money and knowing the source and transparency of all transactions, we can stop drug sales. Well, that's good. We can stop pornography. Well, that's good. We can stop ammunition sales. It's like, what? They just put ammunition sales in the same category as drugs and pornography, right? Because what they want to do is stop a globally armed populace who they know might revolt if they realize, hey, there's there's no uh, there's no money here. We don't own anything anymore. We just gave it up under this tokenized, tokenized, tokenized process. Um with this unified ledger, right? So, so yeah. that's what that's what they're saying. Now, how do you get out of that? Well, you have to have self custody of your assets, right? So, so self custody in in the crypto space, right, would be something like Bitcoin that you have through maybe some kind of protected e wallet or something, or something really simple and easy, tangible assets like gold and silver that you take delivery of. Or a third option, you know, just trying to think into the future here, um, a parallel system altogether, right? Which is what's starting to develop and manifest itself, even in like states like Texas, you know, proposing legislation for a state chartered central bank backed by gold, Alaska doing the same thing, Ron DeSantis on the verge of that, saying we're simply not going to take central bank digital currency. Um, now, now you've got a bigger kind of a problem for the BRICS nations because they're meeting on August 22nd um, about, you know, basically establishing a BRICS central bank joint currency um, that's backed by gold. How do I know that it's going to be backed by gold? Because the Russian embassy said that it was going to last week on their official post on, on Twitter. They said, we are going to, we're excited about this new BRICS currency that's going to be backed by gold. It's like, okay, I don't know if they let the cat out of the bag on purpose or not probably on purpose, but they did because they're inviting all these heads of state to this meeting. One big problem. On July 3rd, the foreign affairs minister of India said, we're not really in favor of this BRICS central currency thing. Why? Because the rupee has the fast, the, the Indian economy has the fastest growing GDP in the BRICS nations and the rupee is doing quite well as, as a currency. So, 
then it came out and so that was in the india times then it came out uh two nights ago that they're actually not going to back they're not going to accept this this BRICS centralized well they, they don't even need india i mean if you get china and russia and all these other countries and you can leave out india you still have uh if you combine them all the biggest economy in the world bigger than the united states Minus so, India, you still have over 50 percent of the world's population in that block right so so they they could make this decision without india and of course Politicians just want to keep the system going where they're not uh, backing <laughs> any, backing their money with anything tangible. But it would force them to be honest if they did have to back it with something tangible. So this could be a huge game changer. How does it feel to you, having been following gold and silver for decades, to finally see states and countries consider backing their currency with gold? This is just a pipe dream a few years ago. It, it was an absolute pipe dream and nobody ever thought it was possible. But see, this just shows you how these seismic type, type shifts can happen almost immediately, right? Just 10 months ago, if somebody said, Kirk, I, I heard you and Sean talking on on show and, you know, I, I, I did what you kind of recommended. I, I pulled money out of the stock and bond market. And I'm just sitting in cash in, in my bank account. Great. My answer would have been great right back then because... That was kind of a very defensive posture. It had been kind of out of the path of the of the erosion of some of those markets. And but now I can't say that that's really safe because banks are failing. They're undercapitalized. You've got rising taxes, rising inflation, rising interest rates, and and banks, you know, kind of running out of money. It's like no, that's not even safe right now. But you've also got ten months ago, uh, a year ago, who would have ever thought? That, that the U.S. reserve currency status of the U.S. dollar would be in its twilight as country after country after country signed bilateral trade agreements with each, with each other to not trade in the U.S. dollar. And now we've got, you know, talks of half of the world's population um, starting a currency that's going to be backed by gold, right? It's like, wow. wow. I think the days of central banking as we know it, fiat-based money creation are, are over are over as we're going. The writing's on the wall. And what's interesting to me is that seeing over the past few months, these announcements, oh, another major country of the world like Mexico is joining BRICS. I mean, these are not small countries that are making these decisions. And then can you imagine the network effect? Once they do release a currency and they're all able to trade with each other easily and honestly, everyone else is going to want to join them too. Yeah. I mean, they want to be part of a winning team. There, there's there's power and economies of scale that comes with that that larger entity, right? That's what they're after. That's what they're trying to be a part of. And so the the U.S. because they've squandered their time in the sun, they have too much debt, you know, too much political problems right now and mayhem. But but really, it's a debt snowball. Nobody wants yeah. to be a part of that. Right. And so yeah, it's like they're trying to jump ship. Right. They know a crisis is coming and they want to jump ship and get, like you said, on the winning team instead of uh, going down with uh, the dying empire. Well, and I hate that uh, you hate it, too, that we have to say that because we're Americans. We, we love we love our country. We want our dollar to be strong. But the, the fact of the matter is it's not. It's it's diminishing. And there's there's this void that has been created by unsustainable debt is now being filled by by the BRICS nations. It's just, 
a function of math in the political reality of the world that we're living in. It's just surreal because I've been talking to you for two years and getting to know you and who you are as a person and you've become my friend. But a couple of years ago, it didn't seem as realistic. And now it feels like it could happen next month in August. Well, I think that it could. I mean, it could even start. Well, so the BRICS nations, yes, um, that looks like it is going to happen in August. I mean, you never can make a dogmatic statement like it will. And, it, you know, because something can always come up. But this is what they, they're talking about. This is the plan on the agenda for that meeting. Now, what could happen before then is the the mass acceptance of the Fed now app. Right, because they started releasing that April 1st and they wanted full deployment to all banks, small, medium, large, and credit unions by July 18th. That's a week away. Right. So, so as you start to look at that, so these this isn't the Hunger Games. It's some kind of a dystopian future 30, 40 years down the road. It's like now, and it's happening it's right now. now. So it's there's this week, it's this month, it's this year for sure. And so don't delay. You know, this is the, the urgency is higher than it will ever get. And people who act now are going to be sleeping well at night. Well, a month from now, uh, people are going to be freaking out. So uh, this is a perfect time to get a free consultation to talk with your team and just see what their options are. We got a link in the description below. It's helps support the Badlands uh, News Network. And uh, so you can click on that and schedule your call. How, how does it work? If people click on that link and they schedule a call, who are they going to talk to and what are they going to talk to them about? Yeah. So you click on the link and, and I just want to reiterate the link because I know that there's some scammers out there that spell the name wrong to try to trick people. Right. So it's Kirk PhD.com with two L's and two T's forward slash badlands. Or they can call us at 720-605-3900. It's the only way, the only phone number we have for you to call, right? So then you'll talk to one of my amazing concierge team. Well, they ask you some questions. What was it that Kirk and Sean were talking about? Caused you to want to reach out, right? And we want to hear your dreams, your aspirations, your fears, your goals, what, what you want to accomplish, right? Then we'll set you up with an appointment with one of our advisors who will dig in deeper to make sure that we can together set up a strategy for success moving forward to get out of the path of this hurricane and into safe ground. And that's where the journey begins. And, and my team will handle the rest, the asset transfer, the moving of the funds to make the transition easy and the burden light. That's where our journey together begins. You're saying that's where it begins because just because they buy gold or silver now doesn't mean they can't reallocate in the future, lock in profits, uh, figure out maybe different ratio between gold and silver, depending on how the markets move. Correct. I mean, we, we never expect anybody to, to fully understand any investment that you have. That's why you have stockbrokers or, or managers or advisors, or, and this is what we do in this metal space is we'll let you know when it's time to sell silver, lock in profits, go into gold, get out of gold, maybe go back into stocks, do whatever needs to be done. Our goal you know, being a people over profit company is to make sure you're in the right place at the right time, minimizing your risk, maximizing your return. And you know what? That's a lifelong process. That's not a transaction. The, 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 to me, yeah, that's what I realize in the news yeah. world, things change and you have to adapt and adapt your strategy along the way. So this is a major urgency. I would do this before the announcement if there is one. Uh, in Durban, South Africa at the BRICS summit or before, you know, Texas and these other states 
take further stronger steps towards making gold and silver official state currencies. It just makes sense to me. It's just my opinion. But uh, there's a link in the description below. Thank you, Kirk, for your economic update. We're going to look forward to next week as well. We'll see you, Sean. See you then.